Well, we've been talking about, Tom started this series on worship, the battle for your soul, and uh, Tom had been talking about the obstacles to our worship, and probably even today there were a few obstacles in our worship today. Would, would anybody agree with that? That maybe you had a few obstacles in breaking through in your worship today, and I'm going to talk about one of those obstacles of our worship today, and uh, I've started it a couple weeks ago, and it's really, really neat. Uh, the last several weeks, the Lord just keeps interrupting our services. Is that okay with you guys? Uh, you get part of a message out, and then, and then the Lord does something. Worship went long a couple weeks ago, and we just made some declarations at the end of worship. But even in that time of worship and what God has been doing, um, there has been a revelation that's been coming through worship. There's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in bringing a revelation even during worship. And uh, so he actually has been preaching the word better than anybody can. And so I, I just really believe that the message that the Lord's put in my heart is one piece of the puzzle of revelation that the Lord's going to, to give us today. And so I'm going to talk about the obstacle of our worship. And um, the obstacle of that worship is unbelief. And how unbelief works its way out through a critical spirit. And so, you know, I've kind of given an introduction to that message a couple times, and today I'm going to land the plane. <laughs> I'm going to actually finish my message. Um, I'm going to actually, Chad, pass the video that I'm going to, was going to show, so don't even worry about that video. Cut it out. Um, we're going to go into the Word, and uh, I was going to show a video uh, about the glasses that God is wanting to, us to look through. Anybody wear glasses in here? Today is a message where he's wanting to change the set of lenses that you look through. And so he's going to do that through revelation. He's going to do that through the word of God. I've got about eight scriptures, so I've got a lot of scripture today. And so you're going to have to keep up with me. I probably won't wait for you to find it in your Bible. But if you want, if you want to get your, your iPads or anything ready, get that ready. Also, you're going to need a notebook because I'm going to ask you three questions in this message. And you're going to need to write those questions down because you're going to be asking the Lord some questions this week after the message. So I'm just going to get you ready because I'm going to have to ask those questions quick. And we're going to keep moving in, in this message. So uh, we're going to have some fun today. Amen. We're going to have a lot of fun in the Word of God. We're going to have a lot of fun discovering truth that, breaks, that bring us, brings us to this tipping point and revelation of what God's wanting to bring to us today, because He's already said it, and now we're going to believe it and we're going to do it. Amen? So a couple weeks ago, I talked about how in my own life I have struggled with a critical spirit. I've seen many times the cup half empty rather than half full. Anybody else been that way yourself? It's so easy to to see people through critical lenses you know i i think rose set rose glasses your sunglasses if you have rose set of sunglasses on you know if i look over here at the lexus with rose glasses man you are rosy today you she'd be rosy i would have that filter that i'm looking in so i've had a filter that i was raised up in all my life of being critical but it was in our family it's been in the genes it's part of our sin nature can i have an amen on that and so I'm destroying that sin nature of Eric Taylor, and, and I've been coming against it for many, many years. But the, it's very easy to be critical of others. But God wants to give us a, set, a different set of glasses today to look at people the way he sees them rather than the way my flesh wants to see them. So if you would just, uh, has anybody struggled with uh, 
with, with that in their life. If you're here today and that has been you, would you raise your hand? Everybody else, raise your hands as well. So, has anyone around here ever complained? Did anybody complain this morning about worship in their mind? Or what time the service started? Or how long this went? Or what about that person? Hopefully you didn't even complain in here. But complaining even comes in the house of God. That's what people tell me. It really doesn't come to me. I actually hear it through the grapevine. I heard it through the grapevine. Does anyone in here ever use sarcasm? Anyone else inclined to see what is wrong versus what is right? I've smoked that pipe way too many times, and I'm not a smoker. Okay, close your eyes with me for just a moment. And this is the scripture that I read to us, and I really want you just to listen to the word of the living God, the red letters of Christ. Christ spoke these words, and I want you all to listen. So close your eyes. And just listen to the amazing word of God. Judge not, that ye be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you yourself will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is this log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And you will then be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Father, I thank you for your word. And today, God, I thank you that you're going to change the glasses in which we wear. And you're going to help us to see people the way you see them. You're going to give us a tipping point. You're going to break off strongholds, fortified thoughts, things that we think about others and ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come and bring revelation that only you can bring. My eloquent words are not adequate, but the power of your spirit is. Bring healing and deliverance as a sign of your revelation. And I thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So this word judge, I shared several weeks ago, it is to be critical, to express an opinion, to find fault with people, to judge as guilty. It means involving skillful judgment as to the truth or the merit of someone. There's also this issue of the word judge. A judge is an official authorized 
to decide matters. And I am not a judge who is authorized to um, decide matters. There is one who does a really good job of being God. Would you guys agree with me? And so when we are critical of others or judge others, I love what this says in the definition. It says, involving skillful judgment as to the truth. When we are critical and judge someone or ourselves according to the outward appearance or according to the flesh, we are not seeing what God wants us to see. And, it, and this word here in, in Matthew 7 says, in the same measure you use and you size people up, the same way you measure others is the same measure that's going to you be used back, in, back to you. Does anybody ever use a measuring thing in your mind? And we measure people, we, we size them up based upon our critical thinking or our judgment of what we think right and wrong is. And the Word of God does say, there is an aspect to Matthew 7 where we can judge. There is, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we don't, that there is not something that we, in the body of Christ, if you, if you see your brother in sin, you who are spiritual, we do have an ability to, to identify sin and to help people. But what we see is not the sin or the problem. We don't size them up and measure them based upon what is wrong with them. That is not how we're to identify them and measure them by what is going wrong in their life, whether they're doing something right or wrong, whether they're following through with you or whether they're paying your bill or paying you back or doing something. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. But the measuring thing that he's wanting us to get today, how we measure has got to be measured differently than the way the world does it. It does not, I said it a couple weeks ago, it does not take a spiritual person to see what is wrong with Jeff Julian. It doesn't take a word of knowledge, it doesn't take a prophetic word to see Caleb and go, oh man, you're doing this wrong. It doesn't take a genius. All I gotta do is hang around you for 10 to 15 minutes and you to hang around me to find, whoa, Everything in Haler's life ain't perfect. Because we're on a journey. <laughs> we're in process. We're being perfected in the image and the glory of our God. And I am not the same man that I was 15 years ago. Glory to God. But the measure by which I judge you and you judge me we are doing it in an incorrect way. And there's a tipping point. There's a revelation the Spirit of God is wanting to bring to us today that is going to empower us to be a kingdom culture, a culture of honor, to actually be a house where we can literally host the presence of God and host revival. So, you guys are going to have to put up the PowerPoint because I forgot the clicker. So help me today. Put the PowerPoint. We're going to start. So if you will, turn with, your, with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5. Because Paul begins to show us something. Paul begins to say, 
And I'm going to help us go through the Word of God today to say, okay, what set of glasses do I need to be putting on? Because Paul brings this declaration to us in 2 Corinthians 5.16. And the Corinthian church, there was a whole lot of complaining and a whole lot of judging going on. There was a whole lot wrong in the house of God at this point in time. But Paul says, he's, he's giving the Corinthian church, he's giving them something. And he says to them, from now on, everybody say from now on. Therefore, judge no one according to the flesh. Again, judge no one according to the flesh. Again, judge no one according to the flesh. So what does the word flesh mean? Turn me to the next slide. Flesh. Maybe. Maybe. Flesh is this external evaluation. Judge no one based upon external evaluation. How tall, how wide, how they dress, not just in physical appearance, but what you see on the outside. Judge not Alger based upon his flesh, but judge Alger Julson based upon his spirit man. Judge not your buddies at school based upon their flesh but based upon their spirit man so there's this in external evaluation versus this internal valuation that god is wanting to get in the hearts of his people there is a tipping point there's a revelation he's wanting to bring us everybody say i want that revelation, revelation. the internal evaluation which is the the spirit man of someone Versus the external, what you see, what you see from my life. The Bible constantly tells us what? Don't look with your natural eyes. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by what you believe, not by what you see. But what do we do? What trap do we fall in all the time? If I am, in criti if I am critical, I am in my flesh. I'm telling you, when I'm critical, I am walking in my flesh. I am walking in external evaluation. I'm measuring with a wrong stick. And the Word of God says, do that no longer anymore. I want you to see what is internal. I want you to see through the eyes of faith. I want you to walk by faith, not by sight. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand that. Holy Spirit, help us right now to get a revelation of that this morning. To break this pattern of this world that is inside our hearts to evaluate, to criticize, to see people after the flesh. But Father, let us make an internal evaluation like you do. So Father, today, in your word, I thank you that you're going to begin to unveil to us how you actually see us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So go to the next passage, Galatians 5. If you have your Bibles, go there quickly. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18. Now, I know this passage, we think of it every time when we think of of living in sin or not in sin. But again, I want to make a point here. So I'm going to read this. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not what do what you want to do so again i realize that if i live by the spirit i won't sin if i live by the spirit i will not do the things of the flesh that's what the word says right and so we're constantly in this place of desiring to live by the Spirit of God. That's why the challenge was this morning as, as the, the summation that Carmen gave. There was, this, there was this exhortation coming to us about spending time with God through the week. Because as we spend time with God during the week and we're reading the Word, we're worshiping, we're seeking His face, we're praying, we're literally walking in the Spirit rather than the flesh. And what happens in the body of Christ is in these days, didn't used to be that way, but we come to church and we walk in the Spirit on Sunday morning. (laughs) And the rest of the week we're walking in the flesh. Many times. Many times. But this walking in the flesh, this external evaluation, the measuring stick, when I'm externally measuring, I am in the flesh. Everybody say, I'm in the flesh. When I look internal, I'm in the what? When I judge you based on on your internal man, the true man, the Bible says the old man has died, the new man has been resurrected in Christ. I am to look at something different. So what does it look like to live by the Spirit when I see people? How does, this, how does the rubber meet the road? How do I apply this truth of that I want to live in the Spirit? I want to see people through the glasses of the Spirit. And I've been on this journey for many years. promise you. Because I've been so sick of being critical. I have changed my glasses and I've wore a pair of glasses out. My flesh glasses, I've had to buy many pair. And I find that I need to keep putting on my spirit glasses and see God in a clearer way and to see people in a clearer way. So how do we do that? So at work, how do I see the people at work when they're doing stupid stuff? Anybody have people at work doing stupid stuff? Everybody else works at a perfect place? I mean, it happened to me two weeks ago. Man, I was going down the road. I was running about five minutes late to an appointment. And I'm on three, two lanes. Guy, I'm trying to get in the hammer lane, and I'm behind this guy. Might have been one of you. Who knows? And I'm behind him. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, would you get out of the way? So I get in the other lane because I think the person that way is going a little faster. And by golly, they won't go fast either. <laughs> and, uh, and I get behind them, and they won't. And it's like, so I move back over, and I get behind them, and I'm going, come on. Would you guys please get moving i mean this isn't grannyville today (laughs) and so the guy on the right finally gets over and and i get beside him and i get beside him and i'm going 
I wave at the couple, you know. And God goes, look at your speed limit. They were doing right. I was doing wrong. But I was critical of somebody for doing right. Anybody done that? Anybody smoked that pipe before? And I was sitting here going, and God goes, why don't you just enjoy the journey? Why are you getting your joy stolen? Your joy is getting stolen by somebody that's actually obeying the law and you're not. You think God was asking me those questions because he didn't know the answer? He was actually answering, having me to ask as I was getting critical and he was using something so simple to get my attention, to look at that person differently. So what is it? What does it take to look through the eyes and the glasses of the spirit versus the flesh? What does the window of heaven look like versus the window of my flesh? I believe we're kingdom people, don't you? What should my new set of glasses look for? So if you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4.18. I want to look at what our eyes should be fixed on. I want to see what our eyes and our glasses should be fixed on when we see people. So we fix our glasses and our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Everybody say unseen. And, and Paul says, why? He says this, since, since what is seen is only temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So Paul's taking this little switch, a little rue on us, and he's saying, when you see my flesh or me falling short, you're only seeing that which is temporary. That part of me is not what's going to last into eternity. That part of me is not the real me. And so Paul is saying, switch your gaze and don't look at what you see in the natural. Look beyond into the spirit man of Alex. Don't look at what drives you nuts about him, what, what falls short in him. Go beyond that part of him and see beyond to the real man. Look at what is eternal in this man. Look at what is eternal in this man. Look at what is eternal in Charlene. But where do we get stumped? We get stumped on the external. We're short-sighted. We need laser surgery. <laughs> we, need, we need Lasix. <laughs> and so Paul is talking here about, in this passage here, he's literally talking about his weakness and his trial that he's going through. When he's saying, we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is eternal, what is unseen. What my eyes see in the natural, Paul said, is not what I'm going to look at. 
But what I'm going to look at is what is unseen in the person, the resurrected life. He believed by faith in the resurrected spirit man. And Paul was giving the reader a a glimpse of what would save their joy, what would would bring about joy and strength to the, the inner man of the Corinthian church. He was saying, if you will look to that, you will actually have joy and you will actually have peace if you will look to the inner man. But if you look to the outer man, you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be down in the dumps if you look at what is wrong rather than what is right. Can I have an amen on that? Because Paul knew that though outwardly in the natural eyes it did not look good, however inwardly, he knew that they were being renewed day by day. Paul believed in what God said and what God was doing inwardly in the Corinthian church. He believed in what was going on on the inside. He believed in the gold. Oh God, give us breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. So again, what do we believe about a person? What are we going to see? What glasses are we going to look on? I love the passage out of 1 Samuel where it says that, that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks to the heart. I am so glad that God looks at my heart. Are you? But do you believe that he really looks at your heart? See, I'm talking about unbelief. See, I don't believe we really believe that's what he looks at. I don't believe we believe that that's the big picture. (laughs) The inner man is what God looks at. See, kingdom carriers do the same thing. They walk by faith, not by sight. They look for the big picture. They look for the goal. They look for what is right in a person rather than what is wrong. Oh, Jesus. Why do you think Paul said in Colossians 3.3, I have this memorized. you know why I have this passage memorized? Because I've warred with it. I have used this scripture over and over. For my own identity in Christ and for your identity in Christ. Paul says, don't lie to yourself any longer by putting on the old man. Don't put the old, don't look at the old man. Paul is saying it again and again. Don't lie to yourself. When you see my flesh, when you see what's wrong with me, you're looking at my old man. The old man is dead. The old man is dead. The old man is dead. My old man is dead. Your old man is dead. Everyone say, my old man is dead. Do you believe the old man is dead? It is dead. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So every time I look at your old man, I am lying. Every time I look at your old man, I'm sinning. I'm coming in agreement with the accusation of the enemy, the accuser of the brethren who lies to us both day and night and reminds us of our flesh. 
our old man. But my new man, he says in Colossians 3, the new man is being renewed in the revelation, knowledge, and the image of our creator. And so what happens? When I begin to see myself after the new man, who I really, really am, and I choose not to believe the lie, when I choose not to come in agreement with that, I become like what I behold. Don't lie to yourself by putting on the old man or putting somebody else's old man on them. We're image bearers. Can I have an amen on that? When we criticize, we criticize Christ when we criticize and judge people after their flesh. But kingdom carriers call out and they look for the gold in people. They look for the gold. They look for the gold. They go beyond the flesh. The video I was going to show today gave us a perspective of what God sees. And in this video, the guy... Uh, and we may show it out for fun here in a, in a little bit if we have time. But in the video, it does a really good sh- job of looking through God's eyes. And when the person cuts you off and he takes that, that nice parking spot in the, in the video, uh, you know, he's got, he gets mad because she takes her parking spot. But above her, there's this p- thing where she's just grieving the loss of, uh, of her friend. And she's just had a funeral. And the woman's mind is so consumed with the loss, she doesn't even realize she took his parking spot. And so what we have to begin to do is we have to begin to see people that the reason they're manifesting their flesh, there's something going on inside of them that you don't see. And God wants to begin to give you words of knowledge and wisdom to begin to see into the heart of people so that it builds compassion and mercy so that you can actually minister to them the presence of God. And so when you see what's wrong, it's not for you to go, that's who they are. It's to go, how do you want me to minister to them? It's how do you want me to help them? It's actually the warnings. That's what the prophetic words are all about. When we prophesy, we don't prophesy what's wrong. We prophesy what's right. We prophesy what God wants to do. And so if God shows you or you see yuck in people's life, it's not for you to go, stinks to be them. I don't want to be around them. No, it's like, oh God, they're hurting. Something's going on on the inside. God, show me what's going on on the inside. Oh, wow. They've been seriously rejected by their dad and their mom, or they've been, they've been betrayed, or they've been this, or they've been hurt. They've been, oh, gosh, they never measured. Oh, God, how do you want me to minister? Help me to pull the gold out of that person now, God. Let me see what you see. Oh, God, you've got a call on their life. Oh, God, you see this. Hello? And he began to call the gold forth. He began, and it's so funny, this, this, over the last three weeks, I've had several situations as I begin to apply this truth in my life, and I apply this with people in my life. I've had two situations. One was a, a lady in this church 
And it was funny, I, I, I just, I was challenging them and I was encouraging them. I said, man, you are amazing. I said, you are an overcomer. You are amazing. And the text came back. I don't know about the amazing part, but thanks anyway. <laughs> and here's what I texted back. Because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. You're amazing. I had a family member who was honored and encouraged and was really being uh, elevated and, and, and thanked for some things that, that they had done. And the honor was overwhelming her. And I, and, and, and I, I could just see her. She was backing away from the praise that was coming and the honor that was coming. And I said, I put my arm around him and I said, you having a hard time with that, huh? Yeah, I know myself. I don't deserve that praise. And I said, oh, no. You don't see yourself the way God sees you. See, here's the deal. And here, and here is the profound thing in my own life. A couple weeks ago, I was, um, I, I'd, I'd met with Michelle and talked with her, and I'd met with Bob and Jenny and talked with them. Because I was really in my own heart, I was saying, Lord, I, if there's a demonic stronghold of criticalness, I really, I want freedom from this monster. And so I was going from an emotional healing, and, um, and I, just, I was with Bob and Jenny on another meeting, and I said, you know, is there anything in the RTF? Because RTF, again, is a tool. Sozo is a tool. These are to tools for emotional and deliverance ministry, okay? And I, I said to Bob and Jenny, I said, is there anything in the area of criticalness that you've seen, that you've come across? Because I said, I, I, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to string this thing up. Amen. I am, I'm over this crap. And Bob and Jenny said, I don't know. But, and so they talked to the, uh, uh, the, the people that are over them, the Raiders, and they asked them, and they said, man, you know what? There was a thing we dealt with a pastor on not too long ago about being critical, and they gave him some pointers. So I set a session, and I went to RTF and had a three-hour session with these people. Wonderful Bob and Jenny, praise God for them. Hey, we have an emotional, amazing emotional healing ministry here, by the way. If you need deliverance, you need healing, you need some breakthrough in your life, Go see Michelle Preble. Get signed up for some ministry. We have an amazing transformation center here, okay? And I went to it. And I personally got ministry. And here's, the, here's what was going on. And here's where I want to go with this message as I try to land this plane. I was going into this ministry session saying, God, expose the lies that I believe. And so there was things like false responsibility I had this false sense of responsibility for people. Like it's my responsibility to get you set free. And that when I don't see freedom coming, then there's something wrong with me. I begin to get critical of myself. I begin to, when I don't see advancement, then I begin to say, well, I'm not a good leader. The enemy begins to lie to me. And when he begins to lie to me, I begin to get critical of myself. As I get critical of myself, I then become critical of others. Okay? So all of you out there are critical because you're critical of you. You really don't see yourself the glasses that God sees. Austin, you're amazing. 
called to amazing things. And God says, dream big. He says, dream bigger. There's more. Every one of you are destined for greatness. And in my session, these were the words God spoke to me. And these were me changing my set of glasses. And this is what God spoke truth to me. As I see myself critical, as I see my mistakes and my failures as a man, here's what Papa said. Attaboy. May mean nothing to you, but I knew what that meant. Well done. I felt such love and approval from the Father. But this is the one that wrecked me. He said, thank you. And I started busting down crying. I just started bawling. When I seen God see me and say, thank you, son. That's not the way I was seeing myself. You know, it goes back to what Tom shared several weeks ago when he was in this pity party. Remember everybody's Tom's pity party they had a couple weeks ago? Tom was over here on the guitar. And he was having a pity party earlier in the day. And he was like, well, the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, celebrate as if it's already done. Do you remember that? And he challenged and he exhorted us to begin to praise God as if whatever you're longing for, whatever you're believing God for, to celebrate it as it's already done. That's the way he sees us. He actually sees you as a finished product. And I, it's hard to wrap our minds around that because you know your hidden places. You know your flesh. You know your weakness, but Papa celebrates you as if you're already done. That you are a finished product because of what he has done. I come against the unbelief of that truth. I come against the fortified thoughts that say, Oh, uh-uh, he don't look at me that way. We even talked about it last week, no, two weeks ago, as Gage brought Malachi up here in his arms and he had a blanket wrapped around her. And Colossians says that my flesh is dead and I am hidden with Christ in God. See, when I sin and fall short now, I'm not seeing my sin and my falling short. I'm now appropriating the cross. I'm now saying that's not who I am. This is who I am. I am not the old man. That is not who I am. And from today until eternity, there will be things we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. 
but my sin does not identify me. Christ identifies me. This is such a powerful truth, guys. I'm telling you, it will break off a critical spirit from your heart. We don't believe that God sees us that way. And our minds need to be renewed. In Steve Backlund's book, Culture of Empowerment, this is what he says, and I love it. It's a good book for you to get if you want it. Steve Backlund's book. This is where you're going to write three questions down. In Steve Backlund's book, he says this. To change our critical judgment hearts, our critical judgmental hearts, we must change what we believe about God, ourselves, and others. The question we need to ask God is not what should I do, but what should I believe? I'm going to say that again. We should not ask God what we should do, but we should ask God what should we believe? See, good beliefs lead to good conduct. Hear me. Good beliefs turn into good behavior. Bad beliefs, bad behavior. What you believe is what you'll become. So, these three questions you need to ask yourself this week. What truth, and all three of these questions are going to to start with the same words. What truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about God? What truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about God? About how God feels and sees me. That's why our emotional healing is so important at this house is because when you're in those sessions, you are presented with the lie that you believe and then the Holy Spirit comes and he breathes the truth of how God sees you and what God is saying about the situation. And it is the truth that he speaks that then sets me free. Most people can't do that on their own. Some can. But the question What truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about God and what God says about me and how he feels about me? That's the first question. Did everybody get that? What truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about God? About he, how he feels. What I'm, well, the question is, is how, how, do, how do I need to believe? What, what truth do I need to remove my mind with how he sees me and how he feels towards me? This is the greatest spiritual warfare you will ever do. You can come up here and stomp your feet, bang your flag, Do all the religious gymnastics you want on spiritual warfare. And yes, it does some good. But you know what the real spiritual battle and the real spiritual warfare is? It's the renewing of your mind. It removes the lies that the pit of hell has put inside of you from a little grasshopper to who you are now. That's true spiritual warfare. And most of us don't get our mind renewed. The second question, what truth should I renew my mind with 
to change what I believe about myself? What truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about myself? And the third question, what truth should I remind, renew my mind with to change what I believe about others? You guys got that? No? Number two, what truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about myself? Number three, what truth should I renew my mind with to change what I believe about other people? So, we're needing renew in our minds about God, ourselves, and others. Renew in my mind about God, myself, and others. Everybody say it with me. Renew in my mind about God, myself, and others. Renew in my mind about God, myself, and others. It is a precipice. We're at a cliff. We are going to push through. There is something God is bringing us. And I will make this bold statement. I will not change my behavior of being critical about others until I change what I believe. I will not change my behavior of being critical about others until I change what I believe. Good beliefs produce good behavior. If you are critical about yourself, you have a believing problem. Did you hear me? If you are critical about yourself and others, you have a believing problem. Not a critical spirit. That's what I thought I was fighting. I actually have a believing problem because I don't believe what God says. I thought I had a critical problem. No, I had a believing problem because I didn't believe what God said. I don't believe in the finished work of Christ. I don't believe in the atonement of His Word. And what he said. I don't believe I'm a new man. I don't believe that I'm a new creation. I believe in the old man. And the old man is stronger than the new man. No, that's hogwash. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And there's a tipping point. If this, if this body, I need people to get this. I need your help. Because if I can get a bunch of people believing the truth of God's word, we will change this culture. We will change. We will be able to host revival. We will be able to host the presence of God because we believe him. We believe in what he says. And so I was critical because I didn't believe. If you don't believe what God says about you, you won't believe what God says about others. You won't believe the best in others. So unbelief is an obstacle to my worship. Because if I don't believe what God says, then I'm going to be critical of myself and others, and I won't be able to move into worship and celebration of our God because I'm thinking negative, critical, unbelieving thoughts. 
are you seeing the connection? How there's a battle for your soul. Unbelief is an obstacle to your worship. Because here's what I'm discovering as I'm getting this truth. My worship is changing. And it's not so much the jump up, spin around. It's the weightiness of his presence. It's not necessarily that I'm jumping around more and banging off the wall. All that's good. But there's this awareness of how he sees me that changes my gratitude, my thankfulness. I'm so thankful he sees me that way. And my thankfulness is changing. My joy is changing on the inside. I'm changing on the inside. And I'm becoming thankful that he sees me that way because, whoa, what love is that? Are you with me? You know, I know it can be challenging to keep believing in people, especially when you see their shortcomings and your eyes see all the garbage. But I want to challenge us. When you see the shortcomings of others, you're going to have to make a choice of what you're going to believe. And you're going to have to make a choice on what glasses you're going to choose to put on. Because Paul admonishes, he says, don't look with the eyes of the flesh any longer. But look at each other through the eyes of the Spirit. Look at who they really are in the new man. Does that make sense to you guys today? So, I'm going to just show a couple more scriptures. And then we'll land this plane. Because <laughs> I, yeah, praise the Lord. So we must believe in others at a very high level. We must believe in ourselves at a high level. Can I have an amen on that? We have to pull the gold out of people. And we must remind people who they really are. And I must remind myself who I really am. And when you see your brother or your sister struggling, you have to, you have to not judge them after the flesh. But all you got to do is you need to grab their hand and you go, that's not you. Come on. Come on. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. You are not a man of sin. You're not a man of that. That's not who you are. You're so much better than that. That is not who you are. And we call the gold forth. And I remind you, no, you are a man of God. You are a man after his own heart. You are a worshiper. And you begin to declare the truth of who he is. And you begin to tell them who they really are in Christ. Or you can do what the world does. Stinking dog. Won't quit drinking. Won't quit smoking. Heck, God, there's no hope for him. I can speak words of death. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll never get it. I'll go on to somebody else. Or you can call forth the gold. And you can call them out of the pit and say, oh, I see something different. I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And I'm going to remind you who you are. Come up higher. Come up higher. This is what kingdom carriers philippians 4 8 this is what kingdom carriers 
This is the thoughts that kingdom carriers should have right here in Philippians 4.8. If we could pull that up. Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So what is true about you and others? What you see or what God sees? See, I could actually put my name up there. Eric is true. Eric is noble. Eric is righteous. Eric is pure. Eric is lovely. Lovely. <laughs> it's a stretch. What do I believe? That's what high thinkers think. That's where high thinkers go. That's where kingdom carriers go. We don't believe the false claims of the old man. We believe in the truth claims of who God says we are. Stand up with me. I'm going to read a scripture as you're standing to put the nail in the coffin. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4, and listen to what, I, what, he, what he said. This is what Paul said. I know nothing against myself. There's a revelation, I'm telling you. Irritable bowel syndrome, go. Neck and joint pain, go. In Jesus' name. Healing, come. Marriages, restore. Some of you have been looking at your marriage through critical eyes. Joy, come. Paul says this, I know nothing against myself. My conscience is clear. But that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Paul was not innocent of sin, but he was free. Here's what he later says He says, Paul did not care if he was judged by people. He said, I don't care if I'm judged by a human court. I don't even judge myself. I don't even criticize myself. He says, I'm not critical of myself, even though I'm not innocent in my flesh. He trusted God to judge him correctly. Paul knew that even though his flesh made him guilty, he truly was not guilty because of his spirit man. He knew he was in Christ. He knew he was not the flesh man. He did not judge himself after the flesh. He knew God did not count his sins against him. Therefore, he did not fear judgment. Because Paul seen himself as God sees him. Oh. Over the last 
14 days, I've been sending out declarations on my Facebook page. I've been declaring who we are in Christ through the book of Ephesians. 25 days and we're on day 14. I have been warring through these declarations. I've been declaring them over myself, over this house. Because if we'll get a revelation of how God sees us, it will be amazing. And so what we're going to do is, today as I've preached this message, my unbelief in what God has said has turned me into a critical guy, but that's changed. And here's what the Lord showed, and I love the play on words of what God said. He said, because I was critical of myself, I became critical of others. Because I was critical of others, it affected my attitude about others. And because my attitude of others and myself was bad, it affected my altitude in my worship. My attitude affects my altitude. My attitude affects my altitude. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do some spiritual warfare. We're going to pray. If everybody would just close your mind. We did this a couple weeks ago. And we, I've got some declarations here that we're going to declare over ourselves. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to work on our behalf. I believe He's going to break things off. We're going to repent. We're going to ask Him to forgive us first. And then we're going to make some declarations. Are you guys with me? Do you guys want to have some breakthrough in your life? I believe through this there's going to be signs and wonders in your body. I believe the word of knowledge that came forth at the beginning is going to even happen today. And I want to hear about it if you were touched in your physical body today. I want to testify of the goodness of God. But I want us to lead us through a prayer that I've been praying myself of repenting and asking God to forgive me. To break some of this stuff off. So pray with me. I'll just lead it and you just pray it with me if you're in faith. Holy Spirit, come. Convict me of my critical heart and my unbelief. Forgive me for not trusting and believing you with what you say about me. I'm sorry. I've not believed the truth. I want to bring down these strongholds in my thinking. I want to bring down these lies. I want to believe about others and myself. I want to see what you see. I want to feel what you feel. I repent of my fortified thoughts. My critical thinking about myself and others and for believing the lies of my old man for judging people from their past I want to see what you see God I want to love what you love today I choose to believe what you say about me, I am amazing. I choose to believe what you say about others 
And they are amazing. And I receive that. And I will look at no man after their flesh. But I will choose to live by the Spirit so that I do not gratify the sins of my flesh. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to declare. We're going to declare what we believe. Because freedom comes when I believe what God says rather than what I see or feel, right? And here's what God believes. And here's what God says about you and me. Are you ready? Say it. And say it with conviction. Because right now the renewing of your mind is an action. And you must out loud declare God's truth. I am holy. I am a new creation. I am forgiven. I am chosen. I'm the apple of his eye. I am his treasured possession. I am his beloved. And I've been accepted by him. I am cherished by him. I am dearly loved by him. I am his righteousness. I am his redeemed. I have been justified. I have been sanctified, and I am blameless, and I am complete. I am a finished work in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a citizen of heaven, and I belong to him. I'm his image bearer. I am his heir of righteousness. I am his possession. I am his inheritance. I am his joy and delight. I am a royal priest. I'm a holy nation. I'm a friend of God. I am his temple where he dwells. I am light. I am salt. I am his. And I choose to see myself, others after the spirit, not the flesh. In Jesus' name, I believe. I believe. I believe what you say, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.